Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name's Carter Bryden and this is episode six. So this episode, I wanted to talk about something that's a little bit more on the indie side of Indie Elixir rather than the coding and Elixir programming side of things. Uh, so I'm sorry if you're only here for development. Uh, I promise I'll dip back into that next episode. Uh, so first I want to talk to you about why I believe in indie projects, both in and out of software development. Uh, to start with, I've worked for myself my entire career, or at least my entire adult career. That's not to say I've never had a regular job, though. Uh, my first job was bussing tables in a restaurant at 14. After that, I worked in retail, delivered pizzas, did construction. I was even an editor for a university newspaper. Uh, but since I was about 21 or so, I've worked for myself doing contract development work. And so just to get ahead of things, that definitely colors my view on a lot of this. Um, for instance, I get to work from home or another country or really wherever I want most of the time. No one person has the majority control of what I do with my days or with my time. Uh, I definitely have responsibilities and obligations. I don't get to just do whatever I want all the time, but there's a certain amount of freedom and personal agency that I'm lucky enough to have. Uh, I don't bring this up to brag or show off. Uh, there's nothing special about me that lets me do what I do. A lot of other people do this, and uh, this was just the career path I ended up going down. Uh, instead, I bring it up because I think that there's maybe at least from my view, something fundamentally flawed with employment as it is. I think most of us sense that something's not quite right. Um, the amount of power that employers have directly or indirectly over so many aspects of our lives is, well, it's a little discouraging. Uh, I guess think about it this way. As we get further up Maslow's hierarchy or really that pyramid of needs, you know, um, if we aren't struggling to pay rent or buy groceries or put a roof over our heads, I think that feeling that something isn't right or that sense of discontent with work in general, at least as it is today, it seems to get stronger in most of the people that I know. I've definitely felt it myself before. Um, I don't have an answer for that or some solution that fixes it. Working for yourself has its own trade-offs for sure. Uh, there's definitely upsides to employment and there's definitely downsides to uh, working for yourself but I do think that there are some opportunities for people as individuals and maybe society in general to balance things out a little bit and indie projects are one of those opportunities so an indie project doesn't have to be software it could be anything but what I know best are software projects so that's what I'm going to talk about here um, I think of an indie project as anything that you do on your own and that you control. No one's making you do it or heavily influencing it besides you. Uh, that could include other people. Uh, it doesn't have to be just you. But I think that usually the more people you add, the more in common it will have with regular employment. So if you have a partner or there's a few other people working on this with you, um, it can still be, it can still have a lot of the upsides of an indie project, uh, but the more people that get added on, the closer you get to uh, the same sort of trade-offs you get in regular employment. Uh, 
that's all I'm saying there. Um, also, from my point of view, an indie project sort of excludes things like investors or VCs, um, basically because they will heavily, heavily influence uh, the way that this project goes forever, um, unless you're able to somehow buy them out at a later point for probably a lot more than they bought in. Um, you might feel differently about that, and that's okay. This is just my own personal little definition of, of you know, that's how I define it. Um, but if you have a wider spectrum for indie projects, then more power to you. Uh, so with all of that said, why do I think indie projects are worthwhile in the first place? Um, so my first argument is pretty simple. Any project that you choose to spend your time on inevitably has some intrinsic value to you, at least, uh, just because you chose it and not someone else. Uh, by intrinsic value, I mean you value it for itself, not for external reasons like money or maybe the attention it might get you. That doesn't mean that those things couldn't also come, and that's totally okay. Uh, but you also have that that intrinsic value that you place on it. You care about it just for itself. It's that basic act of self-determination because you get to decide how this goes and you get to decide what matters. Um, it's fulfilling all on its own. So the second argument I have uh, is also pretty simple. It's often a chance to genuinely improve the world in some way. That's it. Uh, that change might be small, might be big, but because it's your project, not someone else's, you get to decide what that impact is going to be and whether it's worth your time. Uh, so maybe that impact is just generating an income for you and your family. It might be very similar to the same reasons that you work on uh, your day job. Or maybe it's helping people. Maybe it's something else entirely. Maybe it's all of those things at once, but you get to decide, and that's a big deal to me. Uh, so the third reason, when things go well, they tend to have much better returns than non-indie projects, at least per ounce of effort that you put into this. Uh, so that might be money, as I was saying before, just because you have the sort of intrinsic value that you put on your project that owns self-fulfillment from it doesn't mean that there can't also be external things like money might be recognition in a community that matters to you or a positive impact as i mentioned before in a regular project you're typically some smaller part of a larger machine that might be a group of people a company or an organization um, collectively that group might produce greater results but the impact of each individual is almost always much smaller than it would be if that individual was doing their own indie project um, and that's just because groups naturally have to accommodate for coordination between people, which is going to naturally be less efficient. Um, there's also the fact that we have to consider all of the external goals of every person in that group. So those might be generating revenue for the owners, which maybe the employees don't care about, um, or earning a salary for the employees, which probably the owners don't really care about other than they have to do it. Um, lots of things like that end up sort of lowering that uh, ratio of effort compared to results. And typically when you have, let's say you, you had two people and you double your team to four people, um, 
you're not typically going to get twice as much output out of that. You're going to get some probably much smaller percent increase of output because every time you add more people, you add a lot of these inefficiencies just naturally, and they're very, very hard to avoid. Um, so that's that's another argument for uh, indie projects and keeping it small. Um, finally, my fourth reason, which I've really been touching on all along here, is just, in one word, independence. Uh, I mean, that's where indie comes from. Indie projects allow you a level of independence that no others will. Uh, you choose everything where you work, what features you want, who it's for, what matters. That to me is worth an awful lot of trade-offs. Um, so you've listened to a few reasons of mine, but maybe I've convinced you why an indie project is worthwhile. But once you've decided on that, deciding on what project to work on is its own battle there. And I think some people struggle with this more than others where they would really love to work on their own thing, but they have a tough time coming up with ideas. Uh, you know, I'm no, I'm no guru or anything like that on this, but what I've always found works best is, um, thinking about what are the things I care about? Who are the people I want to do things with and help? Or who are the people I want to spend time with? If I had to spend time with these people every day for the next 10 years, what would I build? Um, typically at least for any indie project that's going to be for other people to use, that's that's what I would think about. If it's for yourself, then build what you want. You know, it's your indie project. So anyways, I think the best way I can explain how, uh, how to decide which of those ideas, once you've come up with them, um, or which ones are going to be important to you, is to decide or to uh, explain how I decided on my own side project at least the main one I'm working on right now, which is Forte. So for any new listeners, uh, Forte will be a marketplace where any enthusiasts or experts uh, for any topic can sell their own live help and advice over video chat. Uh, it handles all the scheduling, payment processing. You can hold the video chat itself right on the website um, or in the uh, what's going to be a progressive web app, getting... Uh, getting hip with the new stuff here. <laughs> uh, so you can do all that without downloading anything. That's the elevator pitch. Uh, sorry if you've listened to this podcast for the last five episodes and you're getting tired of hearing that. That's the idea. And it's, you know, why, why would I work on that idea? Why did I choose that idea over, honestly, thousands of other ideas I've had over, you know, the course of my life here? Um, it's definitely not the first one I've had. And in fact, I'd even say it's not really that original. Um, when I first had the idea, uh, this was, I don't know, six or seven years ago, maybe. Um, it was uh, right around when Google launched something called Google Helpouts. And that's not to be confused with Google Hangouts. Uh, Google Helpouts was essentially my vision for what Forte could be. Uh, so you could go and search for any particular topic. It would show up with a list of people, uh, that could help you with that. They had reviews, all those kinds of things. And you could talk to them on demand and pay, I think it was per minute maybe. And when that came out, I was really excited because I thought, oh, great. I don't have to build this now. I can build something else. Um, and 
there's a few reasons why that ended up shutting down as many Google projects do. And, you know, there were things like you had to use Google Wallet, which not everybody wants to use. I think it had maybe some tie-ins with Google+. Uh, every uh, expert on there was really heavily vetted, apparently, by Google. Uh, there were just some issues, but I think the main thing was just Google never talked about it. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you never even heard about it. And if I remember correctly, it was actually profitable to the tune of like millions of dollars, but it wasn't profitable to the level that Google wants something to be, you know, if Google's going to do something, they want it to be huge and it just wasn't huge. So after a while they scrapped it. Um, and when that came up, I thought, okay, now is the time for me to do this. So I started doing some research and I actually discovered that, well, now there's a new competitor in the space and they're small and they're a startup, but you know, maybe this isn't the time for me to do it either. I'm getting pretty busy with work. And so they, that was Clarity FM. Clarity.fm is their website. Go check it out. Um, and so what they are is a startup for, uh, uh, that does this essentially but for startup experts, and it's mainly for star, uh, Silicon Valley startups uh, to find consulting experts, uh, maybe other companies around the world, that kind of thing. But it, it has a very uh, Silicon Valley kind of niche to it, um, or niche, depending on how you uh, pronounce that. And so I looked at that, and I didn't do anything for a while because, again, my work was getting pretty busy. But at a certain point, because I wanted to start learning Elixir, I thought, well, I've got to build something. Best way I learn things is building something. So I'm finally going to build this. Came up with the name Forte. Uh, and that's sort of where that started. Uh, so the idea for Forte is that it's for everyone else. It's not just for Silicon Valley experts. It's for people who might be experts on any given thing. Uh, and so... The idea is that it's supposed to be the next step up from a Google search or a YouTube video when you need help with something that is going to help you best with another person on the other end, you know, that can kind of adapt to your unique situation. So the best explanation I can come up with for this is, have you ever had that moment where you don't know how to do something, but you have a friend who's really good at this kind of thing and you call them up and in 10 minutes, they've sort of got you sorted out, you know? because they're adapting to what you need. They're kind of figuring it out on the fly with you. And if you had had to figure that out on your own, you know, Google searching it, looking at YouTube videos, whatever that might be, uh, you don't even really know what to search for at first. It's it's hard to do that when, you, when you're so out of your element, it's hard to even know where to start. And so that's kind of the idea I had here. Um, you know, for instance, I'm a tech guy in my family. So I get those calls all the time. Something's wrong with the computer. How do I set up, you know, these devices to do this or that? My sister's a nurse, so she gets different calls. Uh, I have a friend who's a writer. He gets calls for that too. Uh, people want him to help them write anything. Could be uh, sales copy. It could be, um, you know, a speech for a wedding. Any anything like that. Um, and I started thinking, you know, what happens if you don't know someone with that skill set that you need right now? You know, like you need help and you might spend hours looking up the stuff. And at what point would it make more sense for you to just spend a little bit of money on this and get help from someone who really knows what they're doing, especially if you could kind of vet them with reviews and things like that. So 
without something like Forte, the idea is, well, you probably have to hire someone. You know, for instance, I do web development work, and a lot of the time I would benefit a lot from having help from a designer. Uh, I can do some design, but I'm mainly a developer. So what are my options right now? Well, I could look up design tips. That's kind of tough because they're probably not going to be very specific to the sort of things I'm working on. Um, I could spend a long time getting a lot better at design, but then I'm losing time learning other things. Um, There's a lot of opportunity costs there. Uh, I could contract a designer to help with my projects. So typically that's going to involve some writing of contracts. It's going to involve some kind of minimum amount. There's a lot that goes into that. And maybe all I really needed was someone to look over my design that I've come up with, give me some pointers in about 20 minutes. What's that worth to me? You know, uh, I would be willing to spend two or three or four times what maybe their hourly rate would be if I don't have to hire them for some minimum set of hours. I'm totally okay with that. And if there are other people like me that are willing to do that as well, they could still fill their time up, but now they're making a lot more money per hour. That's sort of the basis of, of Forte. And, and, you know, that's kind of what gets me excited about it is I can help people to essentially work on their own indie stuff here. You know, if, if you're an expert in something, whether or not you do it for a living, you can do that as your own sort of side project. I help people just on the weekends. I help people out with whatever thing they know. Maybe you are an expert, uh, fly fisherman, you know, uh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) You know, where do you go to get help for that right now? Oh, maybe you go on some forums and you check things out. But if you're really enthusiastic about this stuff and you want to learn, paying someone for 25 minutes, half an hour, an hour to give you really great advice that adapts to you is, is probably totally worthwhile to you. Uh, and the other thing is there are a lot of people with skills that are totally valuable and interesting, but the people that are willing to pay for that or that are so interested in those skills that they, they would, you know, spend the time and money to do that might be spread out all over the world. You know, if you are absolutely amazing at crochet and you want to help people do that, maybe you want to be paid to help people do that. It's going to be pretty tough to just put a sign on a door in a town or something like that and have enough customers to make a living. But spread out over the entire world, you know, all the people on the internet, that might totally be feasible. Or at least it might be feasible for you to make some kind of side money on it, you know. And if so, great. Uh, And you get to talk about what you love. There's a lot of of things here that tie in with what I was talking about before and why I believe in indie projects. I think Forte lets people have their own little sort of productized service as their indie projects. And... Forte is really just the start of what I'm hoping to do a a larger um, offering for, which is basically I want to help people work independently. Um, And so the easiest way for someone to make a living working independently is to start with services. And in particular, if if you're someone who follows um, sort of entrepreneurial stuff or things like indie hackers or maybe startups for the rest of us, which I've mentioned before on this podcast, um, offering services is the quickest, most reliable way for you to start making money outside of your regular employment. 
you know, if you needed a side hustle to make money, maybe you need a few extra hundred, you know, a couple hundred bucks this month to do something, you know, nice for your friend or, or whatever you need that for. Um, offering services and in particular productized services, which just mean you package up a service and you sort of scope it out and and define this is where it starts and what it stops, what it includes and what it doesn't. And then you sell that as a package rather than selling, you know, per minute or per hour or whatever. Um, and so Forte chat is the first step for that. So later on, I would love to, if this works out to any degree, honestly, if 10 people use this, I'll keep going with it. But, uh, later on, I'm hoping to have other things that will help people build assets, you know, things that kind of develop over time that aren't directly related to how much time they put in. So, you know, services are great. They're reliable. They're quick. Um, they're a great way to make income right away, but you know, an asset is something that detaches itself from your time. It can hopefully increase in value over time. You could sell it potentially if you wanted to, there's a lot of benefits and I think assets are really the next step up. So, um, if you're interested in this kind of idea, also check out startups for the rest of us, uh, check out Rob Walling. He talks about the stair step approach, which is sort of like this. Um, and you'll find some things that I think will interest you there. But, uh, yeah, essentially, you know, I would like to, I would like to go move on to assets and let people build those up. I don't know exactly what that will be yet. Uh, I would love to help people out in the creative space in particular, because that's where I would like to see the world go. We don't, we're building so much technology and the way that jobs are going, no employer wants more employees. It's just, that's, that's the truth of things. They don't. If they could do it with less employees, they absolutely would. Uh, and because technology is going to let them do that over time, that's the way jobs are going. But also, do we really want to try and increase the type that type of work that can be replaced by a machine? If it is, it's probably not very fulfilling for the individual person. And I'm definitely I'm not advocating for putting people out of work here. Uh, not having an income is one of the scariest things that anyone can experience, especially if you have a family. Uh, and so that's also part of, you know, kind of my whole thing here is if we can take a little bit of that worry away so that if there are things out there like Forte and, and, you know, there's other things out there, Etsy, you could sell things that you make on Etsy or eBay. Um, you could go on some platform like TaskRabbit and make some, some level of income so that if you were ever laid off from your job or something like that, you don't have to be absolutely terrified about what you're going to do next. You can make it. You'll be okay. And when people are not so worried about their very basic needs, they, it frees them up to basically make better decisions. You know, people who are afraid act out in ways that are generally short-term thinking that might be bad for them in the long term or might be bad for society in the long term. Um, you know, we've definitely seen plenty of that in recent years where people are really worried about their jobs or things like that. And they may be thinking a little bit more short term. And so maybe the best decisions don't get made. Uh, so that's the kind of the thing I want to work on. And that's why I picked a project like Forte to start with. And later, I hope to expand that to all kinds of other things. But that sort of mindset where I decided 
what's something that I think could actually work out business wise? You know, if this, if I didn't think that there was any possible way for this to work as a business, I probably wouldn't be doing it as an, my, my indie project. Um, I have other things that I've worked on that are, they're just totally for fun or I just want them to exist. And those are totally viable, good indie projects. I'm just saying what I want to work on right now is something that I could hopefully transition to entirely at some point. And I've had lots of ideas that probably would make some money. But the thing is, if you're not choosing something that matters to you, you know, that first rule of, of, uh, of indie projects that I mentioned, which is basically find something that fulfills you intrinsically. It's not an external motivator. And for me, the thing I've always enjoyed most is helping people work independently. Like whenever I have a friend that asks me anything, like, how could I start freelancing? How could I, you know, I'm really thinking I want to start even just writing a blog or something like I, I, I want to start doing these things for myself and on my own. I love helping those people. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So I thought, why don't I try and do something that fits in with that? So if you're trying to think of your own indie project ideas, I really recommend thinking about what matters to you most and then go from there. It still has to, if you want to make an income from it, it still has to make sense business-wise, all of those things. But that's where you start with. Because if you don't have that, you're just building yourself another job. And that's not to say that this won't be a lot of work. There won't be, there'll be tons of things I don't like about this. But it's sort of the underlying thing that keeps you going, you know? So that's my side of it. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, I want Forte to be this thing that, that helps people work independently. I think that everyone has at least a few things that they're really into. If I can help people make some money talking about what they love, then I'll be happy. So where do, where do we go from here? Like I said in the last episode, I'll be launching Forte uh, or soft launching it soon. So I'm not going to be doing you know some big, huge launch and putting it on Product Hunt and all these kinds of things. Uh, I'll be letting in a few people who are interested, that kind of thing. Um, and by the way, I don't, I'm, I hope this episode doesn't sound too much like I'm just trying to market my thing with my podcast. I mean, I guess technically, yeah, but really I just like this. I'm just excited about it. Don't feel like you ever have to use this or anything like that, you know? And I'm hoping that, you know, talking about what excites me with this will maybe excite some of you to go and work on your own things that maybe you've been putting off. Uh, again, I like helping people with this stuff. So if you have anything that you want to talk about, uh, send me an email, message me on Twitter at pseudocodes, S-U-D-O-C-O-D-E-S. Email me at carter at indielixir.com. So thank you again for listening. Next week, I'll be dipping back into the code of things. Uh, I'm not totally sure what I'm going to talk about yet. I've got a few episode ideas on the back burner. Um, One of them is talking about how to make the best use of pipes uh, because as simple as pipes seem, there's actually a lot of different ways you can use them. So I'm kind of interested in talking about that at some point. I'm a little bit worried that if I get too technical as if I'm basically reading out code over audio that it's going to be a really boring episode. So I'll see if I can make it work. Uh, But I have a few other episode ideas. If there's anything you'd like to hear about, again, get in touch with me. Definitely love to talk about it. And I think that's everything for this week. Uh, Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.